You know, as I was thinking and as I've been praying, uh, I'm thinking about how how powerful it is for us to discover who we really are. And I really believe that that's become a priority uh, for us in this last season that God will begin to make it a priority for us to begin to look within the depths of our heart and find out the things about ourselves that we didn't know. Sometimes because we don't know who we are and what God has put in us, we always look at others and we compare ourselves with others. And we look at the treasure that we suppose is in them and we think we have nothing. But I really believe that there's kind of a season and time where we're going to want to know the treasure that's in this earthen vessel, your own. And you begin to understand what God has put in you and why. And why you and only you can make him rejoice. Mm. You see, God can say that about each one of us. and said, I, I cause you to be born into the kingdom because I need that which is special and unique as in you. And we need to start to look at ourselves in that way. Yeah. I believe that when we begin to value ourselves in that way, and I tell you, the enemy has tried to devalue you. Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to make you think you're worthless. Yeah. And as I said this morning, that he's always doing outwardly, trying to make you think that you're worth nothing, but your value is really inside. Your value is inside. Okay. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you right now for... The peace that's going forth and, the, and Lord, just your touch right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you. And we thank you that we can call upon your name right now and declare your glory. And declare your victory right now in the name of Jesus. We bless you today. We thank you, Father, for speaking to us prophetically. We seal every word that's been spoken And we thank you, Father, that as we begin to speak right now, Lord, your words will find uh, the hearts of the people, penetrate that heart, and cause them to believe, Lord, and to know uh, that you have a plan, purpose, and you have great favor and grace for them in the name of Jesus. So we're going to begin to discover the treasure that's in our heart. Also, My uh, prayer is that we all would understand um, there's so many questions in our heart about the things of the Spirit. You know, we we never really uh, think we understand what God is doing in the Spirit. So there's always questions. And I want you to understand that God wants you to be sure of the things of the Spirit and not... Having, have them as mysteries in your life and in your heart. He wants you to know the things that he has for you. So I don't want you to feel like you're falling short or that you don't have all that you need. You know, there's a feeling in, in the lives of, of most saints that they don't have what they need. And so they're always searching and always reaching and, and they never feel like they have what they need for that moment. 
You see, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be in the presence of the Lord reaching for more, but I'm saying that we got to be satisfied with what we have in the moment. Because when we always feel like we are missing the mark or falling short, that's the definition of sin. Sin is, is falling short. Having that sense in your heart that you don't measure up, that you're missing something, that you don't have all that you need. That's the, that's the consciousness of the sin nature, that you are not all that you should be. And God wants us to know that he has made us and we need to enjoy the moment. And sometimes it's so hard to be satisfied in the moment when you're always reaching for something else. And even more of you, God, when you have all of God that you're ever going to get. But the question was always, does he have all of you? Does he have all your mind? Are you thinking that you're missing something when he said, I've given you everything. I've given you everything richly to enjoy. And so we began to change and shift the way we think. I, I'm go, I go after God more than, than uh, I, I, I go after him. I'm not going to say more than he, but I go after him, but I am always satisfied. I've learned that that is... We, has, we must have contentment. Otherwise, we always feel like we didn't have something. And how can you have peace? When you feel like you're missing something, there's something broken. Uh, shalom means that everything, you have everything you need is whole. There's nothing missing, nothing broken. So God is coming to bring you peace. He's coming to bring you peace in your inner being. So that you feel assured that God is with you. You feel that you can do all that he's called you to do. And that every moment you're pleasing to him. You see, the enemy wants you to think that you let God down and that you can't, you missed him. And have you always feeling regret? Regretting that you didn't do this and you didn't do that. When God is ordering your footstep, how can you know your own way? That's why we have to trust him. He takes you and he takes you through places and times and, and, and you can only realize that, that God, he knows perfect, he, his way is perfect when you look back over your life and you look back with hindsight and you see that God was with you. As we heard, even before you knew him. And so we must began to be established in these things and this truth. Otherwise, we are always wondering, not knowing, thinking that we're not in the right place at the right time, thinking that we need to be somewhere else. But we're in the right place. And I, I would say to you, you need to say that you're always in the right place. And you need to receive Every moment, what God, God has for you in the moment. It's very hard for the saints to be in the moment. We're always thinking tomorrow, next month, next year. And we need to have a prophetic understanding of what's going to happen tomorrow. But we should, always, we should also be aware of what's happening around you. You're looking out thousands of years, hundreds of years 
weeks. And you can't tell me what God is doing in your life today. We must have clarity and discernment in what God is doing in our midst. Because God is a God in the moment. He's a God that's presently with you. He's a God that's ordering your footsteps, that's leading you. And he wants you to know that he knows the way and you got to learn how to trust him. And as he begins to open up his heart to you and he gives you what you can handle for that moment. He cannot tell you everything that he has planned. He didn't tell Abraham everything. He didn't even tell Abraham where he was going. He says, leave everything and go to a place that I will show you. He didn't tell him anything about the particulars about what he was going to have to go through. But Abraham obeyed God and God is looking for someone to trust him. And so today I'm going to talk a little bit about Abraham and I'm going to talk a little bit about Job. Now sometimes I think that we think we are sons and the seed of Job instead of the sons and the seed of Abraham. I say that again. Sometimes we think we are the seed of Job, of misery, of loss, of melancholy, of sorrows, and having things taken from us. We think we're sons of Job, but we are really sons of Abraham. And we have a calling to increase wherever we go. We have a calling to cause blessings to come into every place that we are or we come to. Not only for yourselves, as I was prophesying to a young lady and I said that, that she had been praying for something, but God wants her to begin to release that something that she's praying for to others, into the lives of others. You see, sometimes we want to experience everything for ourselves. We have not been taught that our gifts are for others. That the only gift that he gives you that is for you is your tongues to build you up in your most holy faith. But every other gift is for the profit of the body and for the nations to be built up. And so God is causing us to realize that we must awaken to the truth that the things that we are asking for selfish reason, God is wanting us now to stop that, cut that out. Whatever he, you are desiring, he puts in your heart to ask for, it is for you to release into others' lives. It is not for selfish reason that God gives anything. Do you know that God called Abraham, but it wasn't for Abraham himself that God called, but for all of us. Amen. That Abraham was walking by faith. And don't think that, you know, it's a temptation to want all of what God has to experience it for ourselves. And sometimes we wonder why he doesn't do that. We want him to pour out his spirit upon us. And he says, my spirit is resting upon you. Why don't you pour, ask for me to pour out my spirit on those that don't know me? 
flesh. These are the things that God wants you to establish in your heart. What is my priority? I want to, I'm here for others. I'm here to make sure that there is not one weak or feeble among us. I got to have a sensitivity to what God is doing and have a clarity of what he's doing in the moment so that I can be of help to people. I got to be aware when my brothers and my sisters are feeling low because it's not right for anyone to have a melancholy face in the house of the Lord. It's not right for you to come into the, 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 the audience of the king with your face sorrowful. You shouldn't even look in God's face. And you cannot look in God's face and not be built up and strengthened and joy comes in your heart. It's just not right to have all that sadness. And so we have to learn these things. It has to be said and spoken. And God begins to strengthen us and say, yes, that's right. That he, he, he said, Rejoice. Let there be joy in the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is a joyful house of praise. Why? Because we're singing to a king. And we're bearing witness that he's a good father. That he has no favors. He treats everybody the same. He, he doesn't do more for one and less for another. He doesn't do that. But everyone has to have that faith to say, how am I going to be a blessing? Because that is really your calling. You've been called to be a blessing so that you can inherit a blessing. That's what we are called to do. That's why God gives us all of the blessings and everything so that we can be a blessing. That's why I said Abraham was never diminished. Everywhere he went, he came out with more. And why? Because he was called to be a blessing to the nations. He was called to bring uh, the, 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 the good news good. that if God is with you, you will increase and you will prosper. And you will prosper spiritually and materially. And nobody can take anything from you. In Genesis 13, verse 14, it's a familiar scripture. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had parted from him. Sometimes we, God has to separate us from people that wasn't supposed to be with us in the first place. We must be sensitive to the spirit. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are to the north and south, to the east and the west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your seed forever. I will make your seed like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your seed could be counted. He says, go walk through the length and breadth 
of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abraham went to live near the great trees of Mamre. I want you to sense and see that when God gives you something, he requires that you walk through it. Because that's an indication that he's given it to you. Everywhere your soul of your feet treads, he gives it to you. So he says, look, Abraham, with your eyes, what I've given you. Some of you have never realized that God has given you the nations. You don't know that he's given you the resources to to go and, and reach. And he said, look, as far as you can see, I've given it to you and to your seed forever. Now, God speaks in terms like forever. The only person that can say I'm doing something forever is God. And he can only do it because Abraham, he speaks to Abraham and he said, this will come down through your seed. You got to make sure that your children's children, children understand that they cannot tolerate someone coming and taking things from them. He says, look, and as far as you can see, I've given it to you. And then he says, get up now and walk through it. Again, we got to do something. That's been the theme of this week. You got to be willing to walk through everything that God has given you. Find it and, and, and actually cut it out and say, this is mine forever. I'm not going to lose it in one generation. That's why the revelation, you've, you've heard it said that, that, that the secret things belong to God, but the revealed things belong to you and your children forever. Amen. You see, God wants us to pass on to our children the things that he's given us. Now, what I want to say about how God dealt with, with Abraham and the way God dealt with Job is this. That after Ab- after Lot parted with with uh, Abraham, we know the story. I don't have to read it. There was a man. I'll go down to uh, Genesis fourteen, verse thirteen. There was a war, and kings came, and they took Lot and all of his possession and all of everything his people away. And I'll begin at verse 13. And the man who had escaped came and reported this to Abraham, the Hebrew. Now Abraham was living near the great trees of memory, the Amorite, a brother of Eschol, and Anur, all of whom were allies with Abraham. When Abraham heard that his relatives had been taken captive, he, called, he armed his 318 trained men born in his household and he went in pursuit as far as Dan. And during the night, Abraham divided his men to attack them and he routed them, pursuing them as far as Hobart, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relatives, Lot and his possession together with the women and other people. I want to establish that this is the way the sons of Abraham move when somebody comes in and takes their people. 
And we can't allow the enemy to take our sons and daughters. Nor the sons and daughters of anyone that's related to us in this lineage. You got to rise up. And when you hear, when you hear that something of yours has been taken, you got to arm yourself and go and recover it. Now, Job, he didn't do that. Let's go over to Job chapter 1. We know that Job was a righteous man. He was blameless. He shunned evil. And he had seven sons and and three daughters. And I'm going to pick up and read just a little bit of the incident that happened with him. Well, first of all, I want to say to you that, that God told Abraham to walk throughout his possessions. And Mark chapter 1, he said, rise and walk throughout your possessions. Because everything you see, I've given it to you. And why your foot, your soles or your feet tread, it belongs to you. But in Job, we see that, that Satan is the one that's walking throughout the earth back and forth and you wonder why he does that because he's marking out his territory and he's saying that everywhere I'm walking it belongs to me and you know he's he's crazy like that he he even told Jesus that if you bow down to me all this belongs to me everything's been given to me you bow I'll I'll give you this he thinks everything belongs to him and so he walks through out And that's why God requires that the saints begin to walk on some territory and begin to claim it. That's why I said this morning that the enemy, he tries to put his spirit on things and he tries to make you think that it belongs to him. That's why many saints think that money is evil. You know what? Money, there's nothing evil about money in itself. You know, when the people that are evil have money, then it becomes evil. When their spirit, when wicked folk have it, and their spirit is upon it, then it becomes wicked because it's used for wicked means. But if the righteous have the same money, is righteous. Because your spirit is upon it. And it's the same way when God's spirit is upon you. It's because you are His. And he marks you with his spirit. And so we need to know two things. That God will require you to walk throughout the place that he's given you. The things that he's given you. And everywhere your feet tread. In the realm of the spirit. You got to learn how to walk in the spirit. I'm not talking about in the natural. The Bible says that when you walk in the spirit. You, you don't, you don't, um, uh, you don't uh, gratify the desires of the flesh. When you walk in the spirit, you don't think about the things of the flesh. You think about the things of the spirit. You have your mind on things above. You have your mind on God's plan. So we want to see what happens when Job hears a bad news. In Job 1.13, one day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine... At the, and the oldest, at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing, 
and the donkeys were grazing nearby, and the Sabines attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. Now, when the same thing happened to Abraham, we know what he did. Now, this happened again in verse 16. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one left. And he kept saying this, and I'll skip down to verse 20. And at this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Are we sons of Abraham or Job? When Abraham was attacked and taken, everything was taken, he didn't say the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, I've heard many of you say it in the spirit. I know you say this. When you lose something, you just begin to praise God, not realizing that God wants you to arm yourself and go and recover everything that has been taken from you. I say to you again that sometimes I think you feel like you're the seed of Job and not the seed of Abraham. Abraham would never allow anyone to come in and take his people and his goods. He would not do that. That's not the way he was trained or the way he thinks. And that's what God is wanting to change the way we think. If anything, I don't want you to to tolerate loss any longer. And don't justify it by saying, blessed be the name of the Lord. God doesn't want you saying that. He doesn't want you. That was in Job's time. That's all he knew. But God called a whole new generation when he called Abraham. And he changed the way Abraham see things and do things. He said, Abraham, I'm with you. And you shall be a blessing. And you shall not lose anything. And I'm telling you, he didn't lose anything. Everywhere he went, he increased. He multiplied. He did everything that we are supposed to be doing. He would honor. People could look at him. They say, I can tell you a mighty prince in the land. How could they tell? Because he increased when they couldn't do anything. Even in famine, he increased. His boys and all his children, his seed learned to do the same thing. Abraham taught his children the word of the Lord. I tell you, sometimes we just think that that any scripture we're supposed to own. I will not take possession of Job's life. All that misery, what do I need that? I don't care if in the end he gave him double for all of that. He lost something. Abraham didn't lose. He went and recovered everything. They, they, he heard that they were snatching his people up and he went and got his people and recovered everything. That's the way we have to think. I'm telling you that God is wanting to raise a people up that will begin to move like that. And as we begin to move like that, you got to understand that who's with you and who's calling you. And he's calling you to have a, 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 a way of 
of looking at every day that you're excited about waking up because you don't know what God's going to do this day. That you don't know what he's going to do, what adventure he's going to send you on, where he's going to tell you to do, what he's going to tell you to do. But all you know that every time God gives you a command is so that you can increase and so that your children and your seed shall increase when you obey it. And sometimes it doesn't make any sense, but he wants you to go and he wants you to understand that everywhere you go, it belongs to you. He tells him this. And that God is not someone that lies to you. So as we've come on this mountain, God has been shifting our mind. He's been telling us that there's certain things that we have to do. And there's some certain things that will glorify him as we begin to do it. You see that we are his witnesses in the earth. We are the ones that, that, that when they see us, they've seen him. When they see our power, when there's, there's something that needs to be done, something that needs to be moved, when there's, there, there, there's no human wisdom that can come to uh, uh, answer, bring an answer, we should have it, but we don't know that we should have it. So if there's no demand put on the spirit, or if there's a low demand, in other words, what you should be doing, you're asking God to do, then you won't see the manifestation of the glory of God. You only see the manifestation of the glory of God when you begin to put a demand on the spirit of God that's in you. And when you begin to understand, that's why I'm saying you need to search out what's in you. You need to know who it is that God has called. He's called you and he said, blessed be the, the God of Abraham, the possessor of heaven and earth. These are the type of things he says to Abraham. And so that's what I had for you today. I want you to know that you as sons, you are the seed of Abraham, not the sons and seed of Job. That Job did things entirely different. He suffered and suffered. And yes, maybe that was the will of God for Job, but I'm not a seed of the seed of Job. I'm just not the seed of Job. I'm the seed of Abraham. And I don't see where he was suffering like that. I see where he was blessed, and as I said before, people could look at him and say, you mighty. They could see that he had power and he had strength, and when he moved, he had 318 trained men that were born in his house, and he went and wrought at five kings in their army. That's power. you got to understand that somebody else was with him. But if he gets afraid when, when people come against him and he doesn't arm himself. He said he armed himself. So nobody's going to come in and take. Even though I, I parted from him and I knew it was the right thing to do because it was God's will. Nobody's going to mess with my nephew. You see, you don't just come and mess with the, the people that's in the lineage of God. You don't, you don't rejoice when your brother falls. You rise up with anger and say, wait a minute. If he touched one of us, he's touched us all. And we're not going to allow him to come in and take people from us. You know, he don't care about the goods. He cares about the souls. He used the goods to entice people and, and cause them to turn away from God. But what he's really after is the souls. That's what one of the kings, after Abraham had recovered everything, he said, you take all the goods and give us the souls. Give us the, the bodies. Give us the people. 
That's what Satan is after. He wants the souls. He wants the souls. He comes in and he takes. And, and nobody cares. They said, oh, brother so-and-so, he failed. I knew wasn't nothing good about him. You know, and, and, and we should really weep when there's a leader of a flock. Because we know that it, the, the, the wisdom, of, if you strike the shepherd, then the sheep are defenseless. We should all weep when we see someone has been struck down. And the saints all arise up. The saints all arise up. Your shepherd is always protecting you. You should rise up and say, nobody's going to touch the shepherds of this house. I'm the son of Abraham. I'm not going to say when everything is lost, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's not my sound. That's not my sound. That's not the way we do business in the kingdom of God. It's not the way we, we do. No, you, you don't just come up in the kingdom and in the church and take people. You just don't allow it. You see, you got to rise up with that kind of faith that causes you to be righteous in the sight of God. God is causing us to rise up. You have that in you. You have that in you. It's in your DNA. It's in your DNA to move, to be enlarged, to be strengthened, to never be afraid to go anywhere, to make your bed wherever God allows you and nobody can touch you. And understand that wherever you are, are, the Spirit of the Lord is there. And wherever you are, angels are encamped around about you. And nobody can touch you. The only reason God, the, the enemy can, can cause you to think that somebody can touch you is he, he begins to uh, uh, hit you at your birth when you're a child. And when your parents don't understand the power and authority they have to protect you. So he enters in and he tries to to take you out where parents don't understand their authority. And then you never get to understand your own authority. And so we stay in bondage. And we think that someone has to come and deliver us. When I said, when you know who you were, you would just get up and you shake the shackles off your neck and you'll begin to walk in the authority. No one can cause your head to bow. No one can cause you to be downcast. Nobody, because God brightens up your countenance because his face is shining upon you. And he watches over you. And so we got to watch over each other. I said, we got to watch over each other. We make it our point. To watch over the shepherds as the saints of God collectively. Nobody's going to touch our shepherds and our leaders. Nobody in the house and leadership is going to be touched. Nobody. And then the shepherds are saying, nobody, I have authority over this flock to build them up, to strengthen them. Nobody's going to come in and touch them. Nobody. And then we begin to speak that. And then that begins to build you up and strengthen you. That's why God is always building you up. That's why he sends people to build you up. I have been sent here to build you up and strengthen you. To cause you to see things differently. And not to think the way you've been thinking. That's all I'm here for. And I'm 
here to say to you, as I pray for many of you, that you have a prophetic dimension. But that's not a weakness. You know, the enemy, because we're in the spiritual realm and we're so sensitive, we hear all kinds of voices and we hear all kinds of things. We're hearing God. We're hearing the enemy saying he's going to destroy you, going to destroy everything you have. And we began to get weak and afraid. But God wants you to understand that the spirit of the prophet is powerful because they uproot and they pluck up and they pull down. And they build and they plant. They come in and they bring things and cause things to move. And that's what we're doing as a prophetic people. And God is causing us to rise up with strength. Don't be moved. Don't be all over the place. The saints can't be all over the place, all over the map. you got to be in your place at your station. Standing and saying, we are joined, linked, and rank. And nobody is going to fall in this group. This is the way God wants you to think. I want you to see it. You don't have to choose Job's misery. You don't have to say, well, if I lose it, I'll get it back double. Don't let anybody take anything from you. Don't let loss be a part of your of your your conversation, of your vocabulary. Don't let these things. I told you. Don't let trying be a part of your your uh, your conversation and your vocabulary. Now I'm saying, don't let loss be a part of it. Don't let anybody take anything from you. Stand in your authority and begin to say, "I will increase in the land, and everything that my hands touch will multiply." Begin to speak that as you're doing, as you're going in and coming out, as you're moving around. This is the thing that God wants. He wants the people on the move. This is where we're going. And I I just want to speak that over you and strengthen you. And understand that it's not um, that you won't face anything. But when you face it, you rise up together. You think like that. You think... Like, this is our community and we're going to protect it. This is my man of God. This is my woman of God. And we're not going to let anything happen to them. And they're saying the same thing about you. And so as we do that, we'll begin to see that God will raise us up. And we'll begin to rejoice as the sons and daughters of God. But this is a season that he's bringing us into an into a place of authority and power, not weakness, where he's bringing us into a place where we begin to rule our high places, where we begin to rule even before we get into a visible place. In our place, in our prayer closet, we're talking to God about the things that we want to see in the earth. In our prayer closet, God begins to put a burden on our heart and a passion in our heart. And we begin to talk to him in our prayer closet. And that's our place of authority. As I was sharing at lunch and I'll close. It's not my preaching. is not even the pastoral ministry that is most powerful that I claim. It is my prayer life. It is... When I talk to God about the things that I want to see, God hears me. Because I'm not constantly talking about what I need. Because God has shown me that I have everything that I need. 
You see, you can be bought out when you think that when you do something good for someone that they have to do something good back to you. You got to think like this. I don't need anything. If I lend to someone I'm lending, I'm not expecting anything back. I'm like God. I shine my light on the ungodly and wicked as well as the righteous. God doesn't expect anything from anybody. He's never worried that if he gives something, he's not going to have enough for himself or his people. We got to change the way we see and the way we act. I don't need anything from anybody but God. If I do any good, I do it not as to men, but as to God. I do it with all my heart as to the Lord, and I know he will pay back. He will return. I don't worry about investing in the people that can help me. I know that God says that if you lend to the poor, you if you give to the poor, you've loaned, uh, made a loan yeah, to God. Yeah. So everything I do, I do it as unto the Lord. I began to just realize these are just truths that you read about, but you got to do it. You got to do it because if you think that you need something, then you there's a chance that you can be bought out. You will sell out. You will say, well, I need this because the enemy is always looking and trying to, to, to exploit your need for affection and whatever. I'm not just talking about money. If you think you need somebody, you know, God says, I, I'll give you whatever you need. It has to come from God. You got to look to God for everything. Everything, not just a few things. And you got to move like everything. God is giving you everything. You know, I, I, well, I'll do good when I have enough to do good. No, you can't think like that. There, I started off by saying you have nothing missing and nothing broken. You're not lacking any good thing. God doesn't keep any good thing from those that walk upright before him. That those who walk upright is those that are righteous by faith and in faith. They believe in God. Every step they take is a step of faith. That every day they get up, they believe God. And they go out and they make manifest the glory of God everywhere they go. They are those that are looking for an opportunity to be a blessing because, again, that's your calling. You are called to be a blessing. You are called to be a blessing. Everywhere you go, you've got to be a blessing. Don't just look at things and think how bad they are. Don't even yeah. think like that. Yeah. Think about the possibility of the good yeah. with a blessing pronounced right. over yeah. it. And see things begin to change. But you've got to think you have something to give. You've got to think that what's in you is treasure and that it comes out by your words. You want to release it. You want to unlock the heavens. You do it with obedience. God says you go out and you want to open the heavens and you obey him. And you walk under an open heaven. Under an open heaven. Under an open heaven. And that's what I've done for you here this week, this weekend. I have opened the heavens for you. I have opened the heavens. You didn't know how to open the heavens. I said, you just obey God. You don't worry about how. You just do it. If you do it, your heavens are open and he pours out a blessing. He pours out the blessing. And you don't even have room enough to contain because you start to overflow. With goodness, I have given you that. I've shown you that if you dig deep, you'll find out who you really are. That you have an inexhaustible river 
that comes from the rock that's in you. This is what I've, I've done. I've opened up your eyes to see that you can't lose. I'm doing that today. And that you can't tolerate loss. You don't allow it. You rise up. And when the people start to act like that, every enemy that's all around you begin to shake. And they begin to start packing up. Because they said, this people's not going to tolerate it. As long as you're talking about the person that failed, then they stay there. They have a right, they figure, to stay there. Because these people, all this contention and strife, at the time when God is blessing, every time he gets ready to bless, people start to contend against themselves. Think there's not enough room in the kingdom of God. Think that they're not going to have their place. Someone can take their place. When I share with you, that there's no one more special than you to God. And he can speak that to every one of us. Because he said, I made you to please me in a certain way. Some of you, just your smile. And the enemy is always wanting to make you frown. And it's your smile that he says, I, I don't have anyone that smiles like that at me. And every time you smile, I want to bless you. I want to open up the heavens. Because that's how you please me. And the enemy attacks that and wants you to be sorrowful. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, everything that I release, everything that by impartation of my life I'm imparting into this people, Stability, strength, the open heaven that we walk in. I had to grow up. I wanted all the blessings to come upon me too didn't realize that I was called to be a blessing a release blessing there's season that you have to release a blessing where you don't think you have the blessing on your own life but by faith you know that you do and the way you know that you do is if you release a blessing and it come upon someone you got to understand that you can't give what you don't have If you've been asking for the fire and when you pray for people, the fire comes upon people, then you got to realize that you have the fire. So today, I realize I'm giving the blessing of open heaven. Every time you hear God say, clap your hands, all you people, you're going to clap him. Every time you hear him say, reading the scripture, when your scripture reading time, shout to the Lord with shouts of victory, you're going to shout. When you hear him say, you're not going to take loss anymore, you're not going to take loss anymore. You're going to begin to rise up in your spirit. You don't know the stature that you walk in. You don't know how really awesome you are but I release that today a revelation 
I changed the way you've been relating to God. He is right here. He's in you. He's not afar off. He's a God that's near. In your mouth and in your heart. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I release healing in everyone that is that need healing in your bodies. I release healing in your mind. And I command you to begin to speak healing on everyone else that you come in contact with. I release peace in your heart. There's so much harsh words being spoken over people and around. I release peace. Yes. That your words are in settings of silver and gold. There's a gentleness that's come on this house. And you speak with compassion and with love. But with authority. There's a new desire and hunger for God. But a realizing, realizing that you have today all you need in the name of Jesus. So we thank you right now. Just begin to lift your hands right now. The Spirit of the Lord is here and he's changing everything. He's changing everything in you. You're not the same. Yeah. You met with him on the mountain. And it's impossible for you to leave the same. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Your DNA has changed. You're the seed of Abraham. You're in Christ the rock. In the name of Jesus. Come on, stand up. Just for a moment. We're just going to just rejoice in him.